and welcome to another episode of A Novel Evening. My name's Danny. you can find me over on Instagram at Blotted Ink Books and this week I am joined by the wonderful Rebecca Ross, author of A River Enchanted. I'm sure you have seen this book in your local bookshop. Uh, it is a gorgeous, absolute, hefty, proper slice of Celtic fantasy um, it looks absolutely gorgeous and the second part of the elements of cadence geology a fire endless is due out later this year uh, and i am very very excited that she's going to be joining me on this episode to chat all about her novels and of course her novel evening so a huge hello to rebecca hi Hi, thank How you so doing? much for having me. I'm oh, excited. thank you very much. This is a this is a pleasure. Whereabouts in, in the US are you? So I am in Georgia and I live in the northeast region of the state. So I'm in somewhat in like the foothills of the Appalachian oh. Mountains. Oh wow. That sounds a lot nicer than where I am in like a very wet <laughs> Devon in England. It's it's very wet and gross and it's obviously almost nighttime here, whereas you've got the nice afternoon sun still, I bet. <laughs> I do. We've actually been in somewhat of a drought. So I would take a, I would take some rainy weather right now. I, my garden has just been, oh my gosh, like my squash, like half of my squash plants kind of like withered up today. And I was like, oh no, 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 no. I think I just haven't been watering them enough. But, um, and then my husband laid like new sod down as well. And it's like been a struggle trying to keep it alive because it has just been a hot summer here. So I would say well, some rain. <laughs> we don't really have summers. Uh, we had like a day of summer a few weeks ago. It was very, very hot. And now it's just gone back to spring. So maybe we'll get summer at some point in July. We'll wait and see. It yeah, might turn up. <laughs> England is the worst for it. Like when, as you say, like droughts, I'm like, oh, drought. <laughs> what must that be like? But thank you for coming on to chat with me. I'm really excited. Um, and I want to start by talking all about a bit about A River Enchanted, mm-hmm. which has done phenomenally over here I mean it's all over bookstagram it's so beautiful uh so many people I knew were on the on the tour and just loved it and I really want to know a bit about the idea because it's got kind of like Celtic roots in it so I'm curious where this came from yeah so first of all just thank you to all my UK readers um for all the support of the book has been amazing but the book first appeared to me like a lot of my stories let me back up almost all my other YA books that I had written previously began with characters. So I would kind of get like this lightning strike inspiration of a character and I wouldn't know like where they at or what's happening. And I, I pretty much discover as I go, as I write. So with River Enchanted, it was very unusual because I saw the aisle first. So I saw this very beautiful, like misty mountainous aisle. And I knew right away, like it just reminded me of the Isle of Skye in Scotland. And so I was like, okay. So I was kind of like, imagining like what is this aisle like and I knew right away that um, it was enchanted and that the roads were the only thing that didn't shift and move but the trees and the hills and the locks and everything else could shift at will and and that gossip could was carried on the wind so I'm getting like these layers of what the aisle is like so I'm like okay like who are the people who live here like I need to figure out like these characters and so it was interesting that the first characters that appeared to me were Torin and Sidra and at this point, I still thought that I was about to write a young adult novel because um, mm-hmm. I had previously written three. So I was preparing my option book for my publisher to take a look at. And so I'm like, 
right away, like I saw Torin um, as being kind of like this, not necessarily gruff, but this very like muscular, strong captain of the guard, um, kind of set in his ways. And then Sidra, who was this healer, I could just already see her like kneeling in her garden and just very gentle hearted and yet uh, still has some steel in her. But I saw them having a, a conflict, like they were arguing about something and I knew right away, it's like, okay, these two have a marriage of convenience and um, they have some different like worldviews and they're, they're trying to figure out how is our marriage going to work. And uh, I was very intrigued by them, but obviously I was like, okay, so these are, these are people in their like mid to late twenties. Yeah. So obviously they're not my main character. So who am I missing? Um, and all of this, I am writing down in my brainstorming journal. So I always keep a journal, um, to develop new ideas. And so the next day I found Adara. So I started like writing down Adara's information and I could see her very clearly, but I still felt like I was missing somebody. Uh, and then literally the next day I found Jack. I was like, okay, like here's my main character. You know, he is going to propel the story forward. And I could see him, um, originally he was a student at the university on the mainland and he gets called called back home. Um, so again, he was like my, my 18 year old protagonist in the beginning. And um, it was interesting as I started really just discovering, like, I, I will, I will say like, I kind of knew where I was going, like with the mm -hmm. ending, but I just didn't know exactly how I was going to get there. And that's typically how a lot of my books kind of unravel. I, I have to, again, I discover a lot as I go and it can be super stressful sometimes. Other yep. times it makes for a very <clears throat> magical writing experience. So, um, but I was a couple chapters in and I was doing a chapter swap with my, um, critique partner, Isabella Ibanez, who also writes young adult fantasy. And so she read Sidra's first chapter and she sent me a text and she was like, is this young adult or adult? And I was like, oh no, like, you haven't asked me that. So I was like, I'm not sure. Um, and I was like, I'm just going to keep writing and just see like what it becomes. And so by the time I finished it, it felt like 50, 50 were Torn and Sidra who took over a lot more of the story than I originally yeah. planned. Um, they definitely brought the adult feel to the story, but then Jack and Adara, um, was very much the YA story arc. And I could see because my background is in YA that I was writing what was really familiar to me. Yeah. Um, but with Torn and Sidra, I could see like, I am hungry and ready to write about older characters experiencing things that I have not touched on yet in my young adult. So of course that's kind of like everything in a nutshell, like how the story came to be. And it really took me by surprise though, like how epic and uh, sweeping it is and um, again I decided I made the decision of like all right like I could sell this on the YA side but I will have to age Torn and Sidra down and I didn't want to do that yeah so I was like let me just be brave and take it on the adult side and see if it'll sell and age Jack and Adara up and elevate their storyline so there's a lot of revisions I rewrote the book so many times and sometimes I will confuse myself because I will still think about scenes that I have cut that are no longer <laughs> in the book. Like, wait, that scene is no longer in the book. Like I have to remember like what the final, the final draft turned out to be because there were so many different ways. Like even wow. like the, how the climax and the ending played out originally, it was a little bit different. It's like, oh no, no, no. That's like the older draft, you know? Uh, so it's funny holding all the different versions of the story in my head, but, um, but yeah, that's how the story came to be. I love, you know, taking yourself out of your comfort zone, I guess. How did that feel? You know, especially when it's unexpected. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, you know, I think the scary thing was um, that my YA editor, she did want the story. So they, they did like, hey, we will take this, but we only want one book. 
Um, and I knew, I was like, I really see this being two books. I'm pretty set on that. And again, it was like, I, I could take this out on a wider submission on the adult side and it might not ever sell. So it's almost like I just had to trust myself though. Like the right, if the right editor finds it, then it'll happen, you know? And thankfully I did. I found a really good editor who loved the story. So. Oh, what a gamble as well. I mean, I love yeah. that. And you know, you took the step and obviously you've got the second part is coming out this December, A Fire Endless. Yeah. What can you tell us about, about the book? Oh my gosh. So it is a long book. <laughs> it is. Like, I mean, A River is Enchanted like, is a good chunk, isn't it? It's it a weighty is. book. Yes. And that's another thing that I was, that's very nice about adult fantasy is you really don't have these word count stipulations. So I tend to be a very uh, you know, like I ramble a lot sometimes in my writing. I like to describe, like I want my books to be fully immersive. So with the river enchanted, I, it was nice to just have the leeway to be able to like really take my time developing. Cut loose and just get out of that. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, with all of my YAs, my editors are like, you need to cut like a hundred pages out of your manuscript. And I'm like, Oh no, how am I going to do that? Um, so I'm always having to cut, but with a fire endless, I think because like I have so many points of view um, continuing the story and trying to wrap things up. It, it's a pretty long book, so just prepare yourself. Um, I will say the rest of the, the aisle really opens up. So in River Enchanted, we're somewhat limited on the Eastern side yep. for seeing things. So the whole aisle is gonna be opened up. You're gonna see the West. Um, I will say, gosh, I don't wanna spoil anything, but- um, <laughs> No, don't. <laughs> there's another, like, there's another little mystery that's threaded through that you'll be solving alongside the characters. Um, there's a little bit more romance. So I kind of wanted to like challenge myself, not necessarily up the heat a little bit, but um, just continuing to develop those, you know, romantic relationships. Yeah. Cause we do, we have uh, two going on with Jack Madeira and Torn and Sidra. Um, and obviously we did not see the, um, the fire spirits in the first mm -hmm. book. So, you know, the title being a fire endless, you, I, I can say we'll probably see some fire spirits. <laughs> so. Oh, I love it. I love it. I feel like at the moment, perhaps it's just me when I was younger and I used to read fantasy, there weren't so many geologies. They were either like a big trilogy or they were a really long series that was sort of never had an end. How is it to write a duology? Is it quite difficult to wrap everything up in two books? So this is, so this is technically my second duology. So I did The Queen's Rising was a duology, mm -hmm. um, The Elements of Cain is a duology, and I'm working on my third duology, which is going to be um, Divine Rivals, which is coming out next year, which is my next young adult. Ooh. I will say I really love duologies because... <laughs> Um, I feel like trilogies, I mean, you dedicate so much of your time um, yeah. into, into those series. And then for me, you have to plan ahead, like really far ahead. Like you have to really know where you're going. And I struggle with that because again, I'm very much a discovery writer. Um, so it is like on my bucket list to one day write a trilogy, but I'm like, I have to really learn how to plan and plot because you are really you're having to really set things up even for the third book and the first book and making sure you're building correctly. Mm. And, and then of course, some people always have, they say the second book is a slump and you don't want the second book to be a slump. So I feel like duology is just like, for me, it's perfect because it gives me um, a little bit more time in the world. <laughs> um, because that's the one thing like with standalones and, and fantasy books, like they're actually a lot harder to write in my opinion, because you're trying to 
create everything and make the world building, you know, mm -hmm. build the characters and resolve everything in one book. And it could be really hard. So you spend all this time world building and world building and world building. So it's nice to have one more book um, in the, the world you've created instead of constantly having to come up with like- People are familiar magic. with the world then and you can focus yeah. on the plot, I guess. Yes, and it's nice, I think too, like, um, everyone's like very excited about a fire endless because they've read a river enchanted. So they, they're already familiar with these characters. So there's a lot of excitement going into it versus if it was like a whole new story and they just, we don't know who these characters are yet, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I really like having the chance to continue a story, but not have it drag on too, too long. Um, you can understand why like, you know, George R. R. Martin, you can kind of yeah. understand why he's got to Winds of Winter and it's like, oh, I just... <laughs> I honestly, I, I would be a somewhat bored. Like, I think at some point, if you're, I, I would like to move on to new things. Like I always, yeah. I'm kind of like, what's next? What's next? And so for me too, duology is like the sweet spot where I'm not spending too much time in one world, but I get enough time in it as well. Yeah. I'm in awe. Like I'm a big fan of the Dresden Files. I think they're on like 15 books or something oh wild. And he writes other books alongside in different worlds. And it, yeah. it amazes me how people can keep their heads, you know, on what they've written in one. And it's it's crazy. Like you say, oh, two I books, know. you've got enough time to build the world and build the plot, but you're not living in it full time. Yeah. I will say I definitely take my hat off to the authors who have like very long series because that is so impressive to me. So, Oh, the patience, the patience. So <laughs> I'm hoping that there's going to be some fantasy characters at your novel evening. Can I yes. Be okay. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say, I have a feeling um, and I'm excited. So first of all, we always start with the novel evening. Where are we going to go for it? Okay. I'm sure somebody has, has said this before. I can't <laughs> help myself though. because I was trying to think where, where do I want to go? Um, and I think we're going to have to go to the Shire and I really want to go to Bilbo Baggins, like Hobbit House. And it's because like, I, I will say Lord of the Rings was like one of the first fantasy series that I read. I think it was like 12 or 13 when I first read The Fellowship wow. of the Ring and was completely just like, you know, so entranced with the, with the book. And then the movies had came oh. out and then I like went and saw that movie like five times in the theater and was like obsessed with it, you know? um so the movies were my in they were my way in oh, so I started really? with the movies and then read the books but they're just all of it's fantastic yes and I honestly I've been I need to do a marathon with the movies because I haven't seen them in forever um so it's been a while and I honestly probably need to reread the books it's been a while but um yeah I think we definitely just need to go to the Shire for the novel evening yeah I mean I live in a very green part of England <laughs> Um, but there is something about Hobbiton when you see it, it's just so beautiful and they can party, right? Hobbits can party yeah. hard. Yes. Good food. Good drink. Fireworks. Fire yeah. Fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have the fireworks, right? Yeah. yeah. They've got that pipes. It'll be, it'll mm -hmm. be marvelous. Okay. So we're going to the Shire for a proper like Hobbit knees up. Yeah. So I'm down for this. Okay. So who's the first person you're going to invite? Okay, so I have, I have like a list. I tried to like narrow, see how many do I have? I think I have like five. They're oh, that's, that's very, that's very modest. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> because I could like, I could have like kept going. Like, let me start with five. So of course I think the Catherine one... Weber and Kat Doyle came on and I think we probably had like 25 people. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. They just kept naming people. <laughs> so oh, five, is, five is very considerate. 
Okay. So obviously I, I probably should take, bring someone from Middle Earth. And um, I will say Aragorn was like my first crush. So we're gonna have to go with Aragorn. So he is definitely coming along. Um, yeah, I, I remember just, again, first crush and especially Viggo Mortensen, like in the movies, you know. So. When I was younger, it was Legolas. I was really into mm -hmm. Legolas the hair. And then yeah. I feel like it was my coming of age was the moment he flings the doors open when he's at <laughs> Rohan. And I was like, that's a man. Like, you know, when you suddenly <laughs> like, why am I looking at Legolas? Just look at this guy. Yeah, Aragorn all the way. Like you say, Viggo Mortensen, ugh, just yeah. perfection. <laughs> <laughs> I am not mad with this first choice. You could leave it at that uh, and I'd be happy. <laughs> good. Okay, okay, so... Second choice. Um, I'm also a pretty big Star Wars fan. And I can remember, again, I think I was around 13 or 14. And I was at the Walmart with my grandmother, my Oma. And I saw this, the VHS version of uh, episodes four, five, and six. And I hadn't seen Star Wars before. Oh my so I bought it again. It's a little VHS. It was like in this little like box, you know, so I took it back to the younger listeners. That's how we used to watch films in the nineties <laughs> on a little, like, <laughs> and you had to rewind it box. back to the beginning every single yeah. time. <laughs> and so I like put the little VHS in and I remember like watching star Wars for the first time. And I was just like, like, Oh my gosh, I was, it was just like a huge moment. Um, so I would really like to bring along princess Leia to the dinner at the Shire because oh, I love awesome. her she's awesome yeah. and she's I could definitely actually... probably keep going with the Star Wars I'm like I'm restraining myself but like definitely I think she would be my top choice out of that out of that uh, I think she's the most interesting character for me um and I think she's very cool I think for for girls especially when that came out there weren't a lot of women like that on screen Mm -hmm. you know and I know for boys with the gold yeah. bikini and stuff it was a big deal <laughs> but you know for women I think she was she was cool yeah definitely love her um her and Aragorn would I think they'd get on I think they would too yeah okay 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 so third choice we have to go now this was okay <laughs> this was not necessarily a hard decision but I love a lot of the characters from this author and then I was even like do I bring the author but um we're gonna do it with Elizabeth Bennett and I feel like that's I mean I'm sure a lot of people would bring Lizzie but I just feel like she would have so much good conversation and would be so much fun and would be good at dances so if we wanted to yeah. dance or anything so Lizzie Bennett um for sure I think out of all of the Bennett sisters she would be the most interesting to talk to and like mm -hmm. you say, if we wanted to dance, she could teach us some moves, uh, which would be, I'd love to see Aragorn doing some, <laughs> you know, some little dance moves. That would be yeah. fun. Okay. Okay. It's a, it's a, yeah. a different departure from what we've done so far. Uh <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who's next? So, okay. So I'm going to cheat a little bit and bring one of my own characters oh. if I can. Yeah. You um, can. You're not the first person to do it either. So you're fine. Okay. So I'm going to bring Jack from A River Enchanted uh, just because he's a musician, has his heart. Um, and so I think he would actually really enjoy the evening, even though he comes across kind of grouchy. Um, yeah. And then, of course, he could sing and, and play his heart for us. 
which would be beautiful in this setting of the Shire and, you know, mm-hmm. Knight is signed to draw in and he can get, yeah. yeah. I like and these He'd vibes. feel right at home. He'd feel at home there. He would. Um, okay. So <laughs> we've got Princess Leia, mm-hmm. Aragorn, Elizabeth Bennet and Jack. Yes. Who's your last guest? Because I'm okay. intrigued now. <laughs> <laughs> My last guest. So again, kind of going back to childhood, um, I loved uh, Beauty and the Beast. So I want to bring Beast in Beast form. Yeah, I know that's, he probably that is won't the be- quintessential form. <laughs> <laughs> I know he probably will struggle to fit into the Hobbit like house because of like the small yeah. round door. But I absolutely love Beast. And so I would like him to come along. Your Beast was probably like my first childhood crush. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As like a five-year-old. Like you say, he was so disappointing, wasn't he? When he turned into the prince <laughs> and he did yes. that hair flick. And I was like, oh. Yeah, it's like, oh, I don't know. It's um, worse in the live action. I don't know why. Oh, no. The live action makes me feel really <laughs> skeezy. When he like comes back and he's got like this weird like semi-mullet. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> It is funny how like almost all of us are like, hmm, no, well, we'll take, we'll take Beast and Beast for Beast. Yeah. So, I mean, it's obviously problematic in its own, in its own way. Yeah, yeah. But I love it. Did you ever see how like the inspiration behind how they designed Beast, like the different animal parts, they like fuse together. So it's like the feet of a goat and like, it's crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I have. I feel like I have seen something um, where they talk about like with the Disney animators when they were bringing. Yeah, and it's like a gorilla and it's like, and then we're all like, oh, beast. And it's like <laughs> mashed up all these animals. But yeah, I think beast and he deserves a party. Yeah, he does. And it's interesting. I hadn't seen that movie in years and I had my my younger brother and he's like, he is literally like 23 years younger than me. It is like a huge age gap, but so he's like, I think he, what he's 10 right now, 10 or 11. Um, anyways, he's over at my house and he hadn't seen beauty and the beast before us. So we were watching it and it was so funny. Like I started crying, like at the end, like I was like, Oh my gosh, I am this, I'm like a 33 year old woman. And I am like crying at the end of this animated when he's been, when like, when Belle's like, I love you, you know, and it's like almost- Oh, the rain comes down. Yeah, and it's on the rooftop and it's just like, oh my God. Yeah, my kids are really not that into Beauty and the Beast, but I have made my children watch it. And I, yeah, as soon as I hear Taylor's oldest time as well, I'm like, oh God. (laughs) Yes. I'm so mad when they remade it. They made the song sound like it was me really epic, this like re-recording and it was so awful. They just need to stick to the OG. Yeah, the original music was, is beautiful. That's true for all okay. classic Disney or like 1995 upwards mm. to like 2000. Disney music then was just. Yeah, it was really good. It was perfect. I love the Beast. I feel like Beast and Elizabeth Bennett, you know, with his library <laughs> and her love of books. Oh yeah, they would, they would get along very well, I think. I think they would. It's an interesting mix. Did you have any that didn't quite make the list that you kind of were close to picking? Well, it was kind of hard as far as like, um like did I want to bring more Star Wars characters in like I was trying to narrow it down or more Jane Austen characters did I want to bring Jane Austen herself in just because I love Jane Austen um I'm a huge fan of Sense and Sensibility too so it's like do I want to bring like Marianne but then if I bring Marianne I need to bring Eleanor you know it's just like I just kind of kept going so I definitely was entertaining a few others but I feel like 
this would be like a he perfect kept it neat. if I was going to ask for any more Star mm-hmm. Wars I know this is probably like sacrilegious but I'd have to go Kylo Ren ah okay just because yeah. he's hot really there's no deep meaningful reason behind it uh he's just hot but yeah it's probably no, blasphemy I... isn't it in, like the Star Wars <laughs> community I feel like no I feel like there are there are a lot of fans of him so okay, okay. yeah no I'm not I a honestly... massive Star Wars fan so I say this from very much the outside of all of that yeah I was tempted to also bring like R2-D2 or like one of the droids I feel like that would kind of be fun and I love R2-D2 um who's the little round one what's his name uh BB-8 he's sweet I like him as well yeah he's maybe one of the droids I could have slipped in a droid or Leia could bring one of her droids um but yeah I love it it was a hard decision because like trying to think like oh my gosh like who who would I bring and and of course like cheating with with Jack my own character it's funny I typically um never really dream about like meeting my characters like in today's world like sometimes I will see them in dreams but it's always like in their setting or something but the other week I actually did have a dream where I saw Torin at like a little league baseball game and so as soon as I saw him and of course he's like in jeans and and a t-shirt and a ball cap but I knew it was him so like I ran up and hugged him and of course he's like solid rock like a muscle you know like one big muscle and so it was just like one of the sweetest things I've ever dreamt was actually seeing one of my characters in my time like oh my gosh like what, what are you doing here Torin but here you are and like he knew who I was too so it was just like wow like that was such a interesting thing so I was like I definitely need to bring one of my characters to this dinner just because it is like one of these like very surreal type of feelings actually like see them like in the flesh you know I've heard that when you dream so your brain isn't capable of like making up faces so when you dream you're always dreaming of faces even if you've just seen them pass you or you've seen them in a magazine so I'm always curious like when I write I'm always curious when I make a character I can picture them I'm like is this someone I've actually literally made up or have I seen this face somewhere uh-huh. in ether and just not realized and I've kind that of projected it yeah sometimes I will find um like creating a Pinterest board like before I get started that helps a lot and some like a lot of people ask me like oh do you ever cast your characters like what what movie stars or whatever <laughs> and a lot of times I will try to find like on Pinterest just models or just random yeah. people and just kind of cast them with people that I don't even know who they are but they I don't know sometimes casting with like famous people it kind of messes with my brain a little bit but I love finding like just obscure people to just cast you know do you have a dream casting now though do you have someone that you'd be like if you could pick anybody because you get to meet them right that's got to be part of the deal yeah I mean I think the only person I can really think of would be for Jack would be someone like uh Timothy Chalamet like I could see someone like him like being Jack very well okay like fitting like like I don't know but I don't know kind of that slightly effeminate mm-hmm. pretty boy vibe okay oh that's intriguing yeah I get I do quite often do if I'm writing I'll do it and I'll kind of just search like a hot dark-haired guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm like oh this is a shame and I'm just scrolling all the pictures but yeah I think if you've got like a an actor or something in your head it's probably quite hard to get out of their mannerisms and their mm-hmm their ways of speaking so was there anybody that you really didn't want to come to your novel evening anyone who's definitely not allowed so this was this was such a funny question because like oh my gosh like who would I like make sure is not coming um and I came up with two just ah. like, so one of them's gonna be Gaston because of course when I thought of Beast like I just we cannot do Gaston Gaston has always gotten on my nerves 
um he's, he's so gross as well you would just hate him like <laughs> you know it's yeah. like no guest on and then of course kind of tying in with my Jane Austen um I have always just hated Mr. Willoughby from Sense of Sensibility and what he does to Marianne I literally just want to like ring his neck so I was like he cannot come so those, those two, two are not allowed. not allowed yes yeah I completely agree Gaston is is one of those characters as well he's so well done like he's mm-hmm. so brilliantly written and so it's for me it's the eggs it's only swallowing all the <laughs> eggs and I think who yeah. wants, who brings that to a party do you know what I mean <laughs> exactly he's and that he's all the so women well are done into him and like none of us want to talk to him you know <laughs> like leave yeah alone. No, and he'd be flexing because Aragorn's there and he'd be, oh, no, no, Mr. Willoughby, we just don't need those vibes. You don't need that. I agree. It sounds like a very chill party. So we just want to keep it nice and, and see where the evening takes us. Yes, exactly. I like this a lot. Um, big fan of pretty much everything you've chosen here. Uh, very okay. excited to join your, your novel evening. <laughs> so thank you for taking the time to come in and chat with me. Before I let you go and enjoy the rest of your afternoon and evening, I ask all of my guests if they're currently reading anything. So do you have a current read? So I am about, so obviously my, my copy edits for a fire endless arrived today. So I'm definitely about to have to go on like deadline <gasps> mode, but I have Spells We're Forgetting by Adrian Young on my iPad. And so I'm hoping to start that very soon. Um, I love Adrian's writing so much and I'm super excited because this is her first adult novel. So I'm like wow. very, very like ready to kind of dive into um, her first adult novel. And I also hear there it's about an aisle as well. So I'm like, yes, I love I love writing and reading about aisles. So oh, I love that. And also like having to read your your copy edits, that must be super exciting. It is. Yeah, I always, whenever I reach this stage, um, it makes me realize like how little I truly know about grammar because it's like the copy editor will go through and literally rearrange all my sentences. And you know, I'm always spelling gray wrong. I spell it like the English, the English way, of the American way, you know, stuff like that. So they're constantly correcting my grays and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm so thankful for copy editors because I there's just wow. Oh, like, editing grammar is a favorite. That's the worst bit, and I'll start doing it, and I'll be sat, and I'm like, oh, this is boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Like huge kudos to copy editors because I would be, I would be like, oh no, I can't do this. Like this is so boring having to fix someone's grammar page after page. Oh my goodness. And December is not far away, really. I mean, it must be, it must feel so like, you must wait ages for it to come and then suddenly it's here, right? Like That's exactly what it feels like. You feel like times are dragging and you can't, you can't talk about things or you have to like hold news in and then you're finally get to share news and all of a sudden it's like, it's here and then it creeps up on you. It's like, oh my gosh, like the publication's happening so soon. And um, it always, I think it feels real to me. Like when I, when I first hold the finished copy. So a lot of times the, your publisher will try to send them to you a few weeks before pub date, but of course with the pandemic, things have been really slow. Yeah. So sometimes I'll start getting tagged on Instagram by readers who like, who got their copies before me. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to see it yet. I want to like actually like open it up and see it for the first time. Um, but that's when it feels real. Cause then it's like in your hands and it's printed and the pages smell good. And it's like, oh my gosh, like this is really happening. Oh my goodness. Well, I am very, very excited. So obviously A River Enchanted is out right now. Um, I've seen it everywhere. So everyone go and get yourself a copy because it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, and the paperback I think is out in October. Is that right? 
It's been shifted to November 1st. November so, yes. 1st. Yes, the paperback is out there. Mm-hmm. And then the next month, a foreign list will be with us. Oh, December. So yes. But thank you so much for having me tonight, Danny. Oh, this has been so much fun. <laughs> thank you so, so much. Have a lovely evening. Thank you. You too. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.